Faith is formed by walking with Jesus. And faith will be formed in you as you do what Peter did. You listen to his word, which is what we're doing today. You open the scriptures. You begin to listen to what he said, see what he did. That's how faith is formed. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, we're in a series you call Authentic Discipleship, looking at Peter. And Peter came to the point where he confessed that Jesus is the Christ. Are you saying that happened because he was walking with Jesus? Yeah, that's right. And I think that's the significance of Peter's confession of faith coming sometime into his journey as a disciple. It's some time since he has left his nets and followed Jesus. There are many things that he's seen, many words of Jesus that he's heard that eventually bring him to a place of confessing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So that's not right at the beginning. It's the result of experiences along the way. And I think an important thing for us to learn here is that a person doesn't come to faith simply by an intellectual process. It's not simply that you sit down with the Bible and that you do a study and come to a logical kind of conclusion. You look at the Scripture You hear the words of Jesus, but you have to actually follow him. And John makes this very clear, recording the words of Jesus. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So how do you come to know the truth? Well, there's got to be an abiding in the word, more than just assessing the word or analyzing the word. I'm hearing it. I'm building it into my life. I'm stepping out as a follower of Jesus. I'm taking him as my teacher. And as he teaches, and as I hear, and as I learn, he leads me into faith and into the knowledge of the truth that sets a person free. Well, we're going to continue to look at that today in the message. It's from Matthew chapter 16. So join us if you can as we continue our message, Confession. Here's Colin. As you think about your journey to faith you will be able to think of wonderful people who have helped you along the way. And this is Mother's Day. I'm going to do something that I very, very rarely do, and that is I'm going to ask a question and ask you to respond with a show of hands here so that we can see what our experience in this congregation this morning is. So please, you know, I hardly ever do this, so please don't let me down with a half-hearted response on, on the one occasion that I do. But I want to ask you this question. How many of us in the congregation this morning, and I'll be one to put up my hand for sure, would say that your mother played a significant role in your coming to faith, that it, at least in some way did your mother open the Bible with you? If that was your experience, Raise your hand with me. My wife is raising her hand here. Look, now, hold them up for a moment. I want every mother in the room to take a moment to look around at all these hands while they're raised. I want you to see the influence of a mother. Oh, by the way, if it's a grandmother, you can raise your hands as well. Oh, yeah, a few more are going up. Look at that. Look at that. The power, the influence of a mother of a grandmother in our lives. And for those of us who didn't raise our hands, there was a friend, there was someone perhaps at college who opened the Bible with us. God works through means, and he wonderfully works through the means of mothers. 
grandmothers. He works through fathers. He works through churches. He works through friends. But here's what I want you to remember. However great the influence of your mother or friend or whoever it was that played a key role in your journey to faith, however great their influence in your coming to faith, you did not get your faith from your mother, your grandmother, your church, or your friend. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. So who did? Jesus says, my father who is in heaven. Yes, your mother taught you. Yes, your friend helped you. But through that means it was God who wonderfully opened your eyes. God who brought your dead soul to life. God who gave you a new heart that loves him and trusts him and desires to serve him. So here is the faith that we confess. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this faith is a believing response to Jesus, and it is also a wonderful gift from God. And I'm inviting you to confess faith in Jesus today. That's the faith that we confess. Second thing I want us to see here in these remarkable verses is the promise that we believe. Notice how Jesus goes straight away to then say, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, as many of you will know well, there has been intense debate over centuries about this rock. Who or what is the rock on which Jesus will build his church? And believers have answered this question in different ways. Some say it's Peter. Some say it's faith. And some say it's Jesus. Now, whenever there's debate over how to understand a verse of Scripture, a good question to ask is, are there other verses in the Bible that might shed some light on this one? And indeed, there are. In support of Peter, you might like to consider Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, where we read that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Though surely it's significant that the apostle then immediately adds that Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. That's Ephesians 2.20. In support of faith, you might like to consider 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, where we read that believers are living stones being built up into a spiritual house. Though again, I think it is surely significant that this comes immediately after Peter has described Jesus as the living stone. You, as you come to him, the living stone, so yourself, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. And in support of Jesus himself being the rock, 
you might like to consider 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, I've asked the question, you know, how would Peter have understood this? And I expect that all three thoughts may well have gone through his mind. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And it seems to me that if Peter were here today, I think that he might say to us something like this. You know, when Jesus said this, my first thought was that he was referring to me. And then I thought, that would be a very shaky foundation indeed. <laughs> and then I thought, perhaps he's referring to my faith. I mean, I had just confessed faith. Would my faith be the foundation on which Jesus would build? But uh, that didn't sit right with me. Jesus doesn't rest on what our faith can do. Our faith rests on Jesus and what Jesus can do. And then it dawned on me, I, I had just said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said to me, on this rock, I will build my church. Perhaps Jesus was referring to himself. And that made sense to me. Because if the church is built on Jesus himself, it has a firm foundation. It is safe. And it is secure. Now, I'm convinced that Jesus was referring to himself. Jesus is the rock. And the gates of hell will never prevail against him. And I was helped just thinking about this again by something I'd never noticed before, but I was reading Matthew Henry, a, a wise commentator on the scripture, and he points out, I'd never noticed this, that there is another occasion in the Gospels where Jesus refers to himself and there is great confusion over what he had said. Remember in John chapter 2 and verse 19, the occasion where Jesus, standing in the courts of the temple, said, destroy this temple, and I will raise it up in three days. Remember, Jesus is standing in the courts of the temple. This vast and glorious building is all around him, behind him. So when Jesus said, destroy this temple, which, which temple was he referring to? Well, naturally, of course, people thought that he must be referring to the magnificent building beside them. And so they said, hey, it's taken 46 years to build this temple. How are you going to raise it up in three days? But John records that Jesus was not referring to the building. He was referring to himself. Jesus, he says, was referring to the temple of his own body. The disciples didn't understand this at the time, but after he was raised... Well, John tells us then they remembered what he had said and they realized what he meant. This body is going to be torn down, crucified, dead, buried, and in three days I will rise. I will raise it up 
I will rise from the dead. Now, the parallel between these two statements, I think, is very striking indeed. Think about it. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And when Jesus said this temple, he was referring to himself. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And when Jesus said this rock, well, he was referring to himself. Christ is made the sure foundation. Christ the head and cornerstone. So friends, this is a marvelous promise, and it is one I think that we really need to take to heart today. Jesus will build his church, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what a phrase that is, by the way, the gates of hell. I mean, that expression surely conveys evil as dark as it ever gets, the gates of hell. And sometimes when we see evil unleashed in our world, we may wonder what kind of world our children, our grandchildren, or even our great-grandchildren are going to inherit. And we may find ourselves fearing. And of course, none of us knows what the future will be But of this, we may all be completely sure that however dark this world becomes, Jesus Christ will always have his church. He will build it. He will guard it. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Pastor Colin Smith here on Open the Bible, taking a look at the faith we confess and the promise we believe. We're going to pause here, but we'll come back in a moment to hear about the blessing we enjoy. Don't forget, if you ever miss one of our broadcasts, you can always catch up or go back and listen again at our website. Come to openthebible.org.uk. There you can download any of the previously broadcast messages and which you can also find as podcasts. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Back to the message now. Here's Colin. So we've looked at the faith that we confess. We've looked at this wonderful promise that we believe. And very briefly in these last moments, I want us to see the blessing that we enjoy. When Peter confessed faith, notice that Jesus immediately responded by saying, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon the son of John. Blessed are you. And I want to end on this note today that as you confess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are blessed. You are wonderfully, wonderfully, wonderfully blessed. Peter, of course, didn't come to this faith suddenly. He had been with Jesus and in the company of Jesus at this point, probably for about 18 months. Faith had been gradually forming in him. Convictions about Jesus had been gradually settling in his mind and in his heart. And that reminds us of this very important thing, that faith is formed by walking with Jesus. 
And faith will be formed in you as you do what Peter did. You listen to his word, which is what we're doing today. You open the scriptures. You begin to listen to what he said. See what he did. That's how faith is formed. But what's significant about this story is that this was really a decisive moment for Peter after probably 18 months in which faith was gradually forming as he had followed after uh, Jesus. And in this decisive moment where he clearly confesses faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, blessing comes to him. And I'm saying to you today that as you confess faith in Jesus, blessing will come to you. Faith in Jesus always brings blessing, however faltering it is. You may say, my faith in Jesus is very weak. I say, your weak faith will bring you blessing because it's weak faith in a strong Jesus and a wonderful Savior. And he's going to strengthen you in faith as you walk with him and as you follow him. Now, thinking about this decisive moment, I was speaking just this week with a member of our congregation who told me the story of her journey to faith, and she gave me her permission to to share it with, with you. She said this, she said, my grandmother had a very strong influence on me. She was a woman who prayed on her knees It's interesting that that had had such an impact. And she gave me, this lady said, my first real Bible when I was in fifth grade. Remarkable, still remembering that years and years later. This lady's father had taught her some things from the Bible, and over many years she had been loosely connected with a number of different churches, but Her words were, I remained on the fence. And then she told me that one night when she was visiting in New York, she had an experience in which she was profoundly aware of the protection of God. And the following morning, she was in a taxi cab. She's reading the newspaper, back of the taxi there. And she said, there were some words that just pressed into my mind and into my heart. Tell the cab driver that you believe in Jesus. Tell the cab driver, I believe in Jesus. And she said, I couldn't shake it off. Sitting behind the newspaper. So she puts the newspaper down. And she said, I I said to the taxi driver, I don't normally do this, (laughs) but I need to tell you that I believe in Jesus. It was a defining moment in her faith journey. And it happened 16 years after her grandmother went home to be with the Lord. Now, I want to encourage you to confess faith in Jesus to someone today. I believe in Jesus. You may have been a Christian for for many years. I want to encourage you to tell someone today that you believe in Jesus. This is Mother's Day, so who better to tell than your mother? If you can do that. And if your mother loves Jesus... 
The best gift actually you could give her is to tell her that you love the Lord Jesus Christ, even if she knows that well already. And if your mother does not believe in Jesus, well, I want you to consider telling her that you do. In fact, it's dead easy. You can say we were at church Mother's Day this morning, the pastor said, you know, and all that kind of thing. Wide open door for you. Tell her that you believe. Tell her why you believe. And you never know, your testimony of faith may be the means that God uses to help her take the first step in a journey that will lead her to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not able to tell your mother, as will be the case for a good number of us, who else can you tell? I believe in Jesus. Now, it may be that you have never in your entire life told someone that you believe in Jesus. You never had reason to. You never thought of yourself as a believer. But somehow you are aware that God is strangely at work in your life in a way that you can't fully understand, but it seems as if he's sort of opening your eyes and he's softening your heart. And you are coming to a place where you believe in Jesus. And I want to give you this marvelous promise from the Bible as we close. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. You can't be more blessed than that. To be saved now and forever is the supreme blessing that you receive from the hand of God. So here's my invitation to you. Tell someone, I believe in Jesus. In confessing faith in Jesus, you will be blessed. If you can, tell your mother. And if your mother loves Jesus, you will make it for her a Mother's Day she will never forget. An encouraging challenge there from Pastor Colin Smith here on Open the Bible. And maybe as you think about accepting that challenge, you realize you've never told anyone before. Maybe you have questions about beginning a relationship with Jesus and confess him as your Savior and Lord. If that's your position, I hope you'll take the opportunity to do that without delay. Talk to a trusted Christian friend or family member, or maybe go along to your local Christian fellowship. Talk to the pastor there or any of the members of that fellowship. They'll welcome the opportunity to talk things through with you and maybe pray with you. Don't forget, if you ever miss one of our broadcasts, you can always catch up or go back and listen again online. Come to openthebible.org.uk. You can also find us as a podcast on your favourite podcast site. Search for Open the Bible UK and subscribe to receive regular updates. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. That's people just like you. And this month, if you're able to begin supporting us with a new donation in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you a free gift. It's an Advent devotional and it's called The Coming of the King by J.C. Ryle. Colin, who would you say this book is written for? 
<laughs> well, let me give you a couple of answers. One would be anyone who wants to prepare well for Christmas. Another would be anyone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's what this book is about. It is about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are short readings for Advent. They help us to prepare for Christmas and they focus the light and all the attention on Jesus Christ himself. I love this little book because of its focus on Christ and because of the way that it builds faith and brings hope. Just a couple of pages to read each day and very simple, very clear and wonderfully Christ-centered. Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book if you'd like to join many other Christians in supporting the work of Open the Bible this month. If you're able to set up a new donation in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you this book. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again soon. It's good to learn humility in what you ask of Jesus. Find out why next time on Open the Bible.